Uh, if you're a guest with us online today, we're really excited to have you with us. And if you have any, anything that you want to ask us, just connect with us um, through our app or through the online uh, QR code. Uh, but next, I wanted to uh, give a warm welcome to Tasha Layton, who is here to lead us in worship and to speak. So let's give her a warm hand. Uh, and Tasha is one of the top Christian artists in the country right now. We're really grateful to have her today. And she was awesome at the nine. And, um, and her friend Matt is here to play keys. Welcome to Matt, too. Awesome. Yeah, I think, I think the term is sick. He's sick on the keys. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, let's stand. And I just want to... Uh, pray over our time. God, we thank you for Tasha and we thank you for Matt um, that they're able to be here. And uh, we pray over our time this morning for each of the people in the room that are bring, carrying something different that your spirit would speak to our hearts today. We know that you are the one that moves, transforms that delights in us, that delights over us, that sings over us, that celebrates all that you are. And we want to thank you. We want to respond to what you've done in our lives. We want to bring every ounce of hope that we have before you to worship you. Help us to be present this morning. And we thank you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm so happy to be here, guys. I, uh, I love Montana. Holy cow, it's so nice. Yeah, <laughs> represent. <laughs> I, um, you know, I know in a, in a room this size, there's bound to be some folks who are feeling like you're on a mountaintop, like your faith is really strong and you're just ready to worship and you're ready to go. You came in ready and awake. And then there's probably some folks that you might be struggling today. And that's okay. I think it's important for us to realize that when God made his covenant, he made it with a people, not a person. And when we're all together in, uh, in the Old Testament, if one person was missing, it was noted. And so when we're together like this, those of you who feel strong, sing out for the people on your right and your left because you don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know how weak they might be feeling, if they had a fight with their spouse before they came, if their marriage is falling apart, if their kids are sick. Like, you don't know. And so um, Scripture says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So that's what we're going to sing about. Praise you when I'm overwhelmed. Praise you in my brokenness. Praise you so I don't forget who you are, who you are. Praise you when I've lost my way. Praise you when I'm so afraid. Praise you because you never change who you are, who you are. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Oh, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Oh. Praise you when I'm empty-handed. Praise you when I feel a bed. Praise you cause I'm not alone You see me, you see me Praise you when the road is long Praise you when my faith is gone Praise you cause you hear this song I'm singing I'm singing Weeping may endure for the night But joy comes in the morning Joy comes in the morning What the? 
happy Mother's Day. I, uh, we're gonna do things a little bit differently this morning. Is that okay? Gotta keep you guessing. You can't come in, oh, we're gonna do two, fat, two fast songs, three slow songs, the sermon, prayer, go. You know what I mean? Hit lunch. We're not gonna do it that way. It's Mother's Day, so mothers, we get to do what we want. <laughs> okay, so you can be seated. Um, I said this in the first service, but you know, the Bible says that we overcome by the word of our testimony, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It's really important to hear other people's stories and to share vulnerably with one another what you're walking through and what you've experienced in life. Um, that vulnerability breeds intimacy and closeness and it's important, that's the real church. You know, what we do on Sunday morning, it's great, but there's more to it. This is just a celebration. And so um, I uh, love sharing my story whenever I can. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents, uh, they were Christian. They would have done anything for anybody. Um, I grew up with wonderful examples of service and leadership. Um, I grew up in a small town on uh, a lot of land in a trailer in the middle of nowhere. It was uh, in a town that had a post office, a volunteer fire station, and a flashing light that wasn't technically ours, but we claimed it. <laughs> uh, I drove, you know, 30 minutes to school every day and um, just grew up. I didn't know that I didn't have a lot of money until I hit school and got bullied and stuff like that. But anyway, I, I was taken to church every week by my parents. Um, but what I knew of God and religion was a hard pew and frilly socks that itched because I'm a child of the 80s. <laughs> How many children of the 80s who wore frilly socks that itched on Sunday morning? Um, and so that's what I knew. My head is really big on that screen. <laughs> Um, I was joking earlier. I normally can't see the screens, but then when I see one, it's like real big. Look how big that is. <laughs> and I made this joke also this uh, earlier today. I got Invisalign a couple months ago. And when you get Invisalign, it pulls your teeth apart before it puts them back together right. And so I have this gap in between my teeth, my front teeth, like I did when I was a kid. And so the spit just flies out. So I'm so sorry. It's like I'm Shamu and you guys need some ponchos before you come into church this morning. Um, anyway, but where was I? Come back, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, uh, so what I knew of God and religion was a hard pew, frilly socks and being told to be quiet, doing all the right things, saying all the right things, not doing anything wrong, not breaking the rules. And when my dad um, got healed of skin cancer, when I was eight or nine years old, we went down to a church in Florida and uh, we were on vacation. He went into the building with skin cancer and he came out without it. And uh, God healed him of that. And so it was a pretty miraculous thing in our lives. So we went back and we told our church, you know, what had happened. And they said, well, we don't think that God heals today. We think that was just for back then. We're like, I'm sorry, y'all. I think that's dumb. <laughs> you saw him before we left. So anyway, so we changed churches because God was stirring some faith and some things in our hearts. And we were like, we really um, feel like we want to go somewhere where they believe that God is not in a box. And so we changed churches and I can still smell the room when I walked into the building. They were worshiping. They were raising their hands. They were singing like their lives depended on it. And I knew something of, of what was happening in that room was real and that I needed it and I wanted it. And I felt God's presence for the first time. And I knew with all of the rejection that I experienced as a kid, you know, growing up with not a lot of money and being bullied and all that, I finally found a place where I belonged and they accepted me and God loved me and they loved me and it was awesome. And so I joined the worship team. I went on missions trips. I was uh, at every Tuesday night prayer meeting with all the old ladies. I was the only one without a hearing aid. <laughs> 
But, you know, somebody made a good point. Um, I think it might have been you, Paul. I, I am probably doing what I'm doing today because of those prayers of those old ladies. And so I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, I was so hungry to know God and to know Scripture and all of that. And so it just made it all the more painful when I was wounded in church. I had a church leader. Um, it was really bad who hurt me. And I didn't know that this leader had a history of, uh, of mental illness and occultic activity. It was just like, it was really bad. The worst things you could think of. And so I didn't know all that. And I, didn't, I was 16. I didn't have the tools to deal with what was happening. And so um, my family left the church. I left the church. Uh, the church split. Um, my family still doesn't go to church even after all these years. And so when the church split, um, I just was disillusioned. I was like, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to make of the fact that Christians were so mean to me and it was so toxic. And yet what I read in the gospel is, is just not like that. And I don't understand. And so I want to know that I believe what I believe, not because somebody tells me to believe it, but because I really believe it. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't experiencing some sort of emotional high as a kid. And so at that point I was in college and I changed my major from music to religion. I'm a music school dropout. (laughs) I started as a music major because I wanted to serve God in music. And then um, I was dealing with so much emotionally and I was so broken inside that I could not handle music theory for y'all. Music Theory 4 kicked my tail. And so I thought I've got to make a change. And I also was searching. And so I wanted to know about other religions. I wanted to know about uh, different places in the world. And so I switched my major. I, I started studying religion, not Christianity. And I went to Buddhist meditation camp and synagogue and mosque. And I studied mysticism in Europe for a couple summers because I just was hurting. I just needed truth. I just needed help. And so... The further and further I got along down that path, the worse I got. I just became isolated and alone and I felt like there wasn't any way out. And I tried to take my life. Anybody who knows me now would never believe that because I love God, I love people, I love myself, I love life and I'm the freest person I know. But that wasn't always the case. And it was a really hard road. And so when in that lowest of low though, something switched in my mind. And I decided, you know what? Faith is like love. Sometimes you don't feel it. You just have to walk the line. And so I decided, I'm just gonna force myself to go back to church. I didn't feel anything. I was still really numb from being depressed, but I decided to go anyway and I forced myself. And about a year later, It was beautiful because I was wounded in community, but then I was healed in community. God used community. Community is so important. God could have chosen to be alone, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but He didn't. It's important and we're made in His image. And so I just, one week, the pastor said, if you wanna touch from God, why don't you come up at the end of service and we wanna pray for you. And I was the first person there and the last person to leave. I was there for three hours, just a sobbing mess on the floor. And I kid that they probably had to replace that square of carpet because all of my snot was just all over it. I was a a wreck, y'all. I didn't care. It was like, that was such an altar moment in my life. I felt again for the first time. I felt something and I knew that God was doing something. I knew I was running from a call of God on my life. And that changed the trajectory. You know, I had a lot more left to go. I went through years of therapy. I did some inner healing work that was incredible. I write about it in my book out there. I think we already sold out though, so you'll have to get it somewhere else. (laughs) But um, I think we have digital download cards. But I wrote about that process because I realized I had been living so many years through the lenses of the lies I believed about God and myself. And it took me digging up some of the things in my past, in my childhood. Psychologists say our systems are set before we're even like five or six. And so I had to look back and say, where did the enemy get a hook? 
Where did it all start? I had to get to the bottom of it. And then I invited Jesus into those memories and into those moments. And slowly but surely, I felt that truth that I had known my whole life in my head move to my heart. And it was freedom. There's a reason God says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Because I feel that now, but I didn't. So it's a long road. But anyway, this next song is my life's testimony in a song. And it's really about taking that finger of shame that the enemy points at you or that you point at yourself or somebody else points at you and saying, no, it's not about what I have failed to do or what I've done or not done, God. It's about what you've already done for me. My favorite line is, I thought I was too broken. Now I see you were just breaking new ground inside of me. Look what you've done How could you fall so far You should be ashamed of yourself So I was ashamed of myself The lies I believed They got some roots that run deep I let them take a hold of my life I let them take control of my life but standing in your presence, Lord, I can feel you digging all the roots up. I feel you healing all my wounds up. All I can say is hallelujah. Look what you've done. Look what you've done in me. You spoke your truth into the lies and let my heart believe. Look at me now. Look how you made me new. Suddenly all the shame is gone I thought I was too broken, now I see You were breaking new ground inside of me Standing in your presence, Lord I can feel you digging all the roots up I feel you healing all my wounds up All I can say is hallelujah Look what you've done Look what you've done in me You spoke your truth in that the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. There's a reason it says, bow before the Lord, lay prostrate before God, raise your hands, shout for joy, O Zion, play the trumpet, play the tambourine, play the lyre, dance before the Lord. All of that is in scripture because you know what? Something shifts in us. Something shifts in the atmosphere when we do that. When everyone is clapping in here, it changes something in the air. And sometimes when God does something in us, we end up like 
oh my gosh, we're just bursting forth in gratitude and, and we're doing something physical to express that. And then sometimes we have to take a step of faith before it happens. It's like when you're, when you're just, raise your hands like this. You're like, I wanna raise my hands in church, but I'm scared. I'm afraid of what everybody's gonna think. And then you feel freedom in that. And so then you go here. And you're like, mm, but the, keeping the elbow in. <laughs> no! Has God set you free or not? You know what I mean? We have something to shout about. We have something to clap about. Thank Him for what He's done in your life. Thank Him that He didn't leave you where you are. That He didn't leave you in the pit. He picked you up and set your feet on a rock. That He saved you. That He healed you. That He delivered you. That He rescued you. That He saved you. That He helps you with your anxiety and your depression. He can fix all that. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry for spitting. (laughs) I saw it fly out just as a getting excited. Anyway, um, I wrote this next song out of kind of a dark place. Um, Keith and I, Keith's my husband. He's at home with our babies. This is Matt, who you met already. Keith is, uh, he's a musician. He's incredible. I call him a freak of nature. He plays everything. He plays in Toby Mac's band and he's just amazing. Yeah. Give it up for Toby. He's amazing. Um, But, you know, when Keith and I went to the writing session to write this next song, uh, we had just had a big fight. (laughs) And we walked into the writing session and neither of us really wanted to write. But sometimes you just have to show up. That's all you got. Sometimes you don't have, you don't feel like you have anything to give. You're like, I don't even have any energy right now to do anything. I don't have, especially us as moms. I haven't slept in five years, y'all. You know what I mean? I don't have any, I rarely have energy. <laughs> and so um, sometimes you just have to show up. And this next song is a lesson in just showing up. God takes what you have and he multiplies it just like those loaves and fishes. And it's a beautiful thing when you just say, God, I'm bringing you what I am right now who I am right now, everything I have to give. And uh, so this next song came out of a, now you know, all our business. Uh, We had a big fight before we wrote this song. And then when we went to cut the final vocal, I was so pregnant, I couldn't sing it (laughs) because I couldn't breathe. And so um, what you hear on the radio is the, the demo from like about 20 seconds after we wrote it. And it's brought a lot of hope to a lot of people. It's called End of the Sea. Take this heart and make it whole again Though the mountains may be moved into the sea And though the ground beneath might crumble and give way I can hear my Father singing over me It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay If I'm honest, maybe I've blamed you too But you would not forsake me Cause only good things come from you Though the mountains may be moved into the sea And though the ground beneath my crown Let's go! 
mountains may be moved into the sea And though the ground beneath my crumble and give way I can't hear my father singing over me It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay It's gonna be okay it's going to be okay, not because God is going to give us everything we pray for. In fact, there have been times in my life where he's done the exact opposite. And I didn't understand it, but he's still good. He's still good when bad things happen. Sometimes it's hard to to believe that God is good. How, God, could you be good if you allow this to happen in my life? How could you be good if this is falling apart? How could you be good if my child is sick? How could you be good if this or that? He's the same God that delivered the Israelites. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea, who was manna in the desert, a cloud by day and a fire by night. He's the same God. I think the longer I've walked with Jesus, the more I don't ask questions. I just lean into his presence. I try to stay with him every day until he warms my heart. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like. Why don't you sing this with me? Because all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing your goodness. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down. Surrender now I give you everything Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness Your goodness is running after It's running, it's running, it's running Your goodness is running after Oh, it's running after me With my life laid down I surrender It's running after me. Because all my life, all my life you have been faithful. Sing all my life. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath, every breath that I am sing that again. Sing all my life All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God sometimes we need to remind our souls and when things are looking not the way we want them to go we need to remind ourselves of how God has been faithful 
and at the very least, our salvation. The fact that you are in this room right now, things could be a lot worse. Thank you, God. You can be seated. I love um, sharing the stories behind the songs. And there's a song that I want to do that really speaks to God's goodness in my life personally. When my husband and I got married, he had known for over 10 years that he couldn't have kids. And I had been told that I would have to have a surgery and shots. And when we got married, I really grieved being a biological mom. And a few years into our marriage, I, I was praying and I heard the Lord say, it will be a sign to him. And it was almost like the audible voice of God. It was just incredible. And I knew that God meant Keith, my husband, and I knew that he meant a baby. And so I was afraid to tell Keith because he had already grieved this for over 10 years. Doctors had said it was because of a back injury he sustained when he was younger. He lived with chronic back pain. And I just decided, you know what? I'm gonna get up the courage and I'm gonna tell him. And he had a hard time with it. He took a few days and he came back to me and he said, you know what? I'm with you. I'm gonna believe for what, if it doesn't happen, it would sting And so we uh, surrendered that to God and we began believing. And uh, we had an invitation to go to Uganda on a missions trip to teach uh, worship to the Watoto village. And when we uh, got there, we had a night of worship and I was leading a song called Miracles. What's the first line? The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. So I was leading that song and I look over to my right and my Southern Baptist pastor's kid reserved husband is on the ground crying. And I was like, Holy Spirit, you're doing something. And so I just kept leading and I looked over and I'm gonna be weird and show you what he was doing. He was over here and he was doing this He just kept going, just weeping, just tears going down his face. And he comes up to me in the middle of the song, like mid verse, mid chorus. I don't know where I was, but middle of the song. He's like, I think God just healed my back. (laughs) I can't get it to hurt. Just tears streaming down his face. He hasn't had a back pain since. We came home and he moved our whole house into a U-Haul by himself. He felt like Superman. (laughs) It's like, I got this. I don't need movers. My back is healed. And uh, so they prayed for us that night that we'd be able to have a baby. And we were pregnant with Levi two months later. I took, uh, I have to tell you this part of the story. You know, I just wasn't feeling good. And I had all the signs and I I went and got some, I got every kind they had. I think I got like 15 different pregnancy tests and, uh, and they were all positive. And so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna tell him tonight. I Googled it and it said it's best to do it in the morning because I didn't wanna tell him and it not be true. So I took a whole bunch later in the morning and then I called my doctor and then I said, hey, what are the odds of all of them being positive? And she said, honey, you're pregnant. And so... <laughs> So then I um, finally, I was like, okay, well, it's safe to tell him. And even then I was scared, you know, like what if I miscarry? What if it's in, so I told him and we just wept and wept. I think, I don't know how long we cried. We just held each other for a long time and cried. And so Levi was, uh, I don't know, maybe two, maybe one and a half, two. And we thought, man, we'd really love another child. Or were we healed completely, God? Or was that like a one and done? <laughs> and so we prayed again that we'd be able to see that promise fulfilled. And 
a few months later, we were pregnant with Lila. So I have a, a four-year-old, four and a half-year-old and a two-year-old. So that's why I haven't slept in five years. And um, we're still in the thick of it for all you moms. You totally feel me. And uh, anyway, I say that story because I have faith for that, that God, if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That's not the story for everyone. And I know that. And I know the heartbreak of that, going to a baby shower and, and crying in the bathroom passing the baby department in a store and just losing it and having to leave everything in your cart and just go to your car and cry. Being happy for people that they're pregnant and being so, so happy for them, but also you're grieving and your heart is broken. I understand that. So I walked into this, another writing session and we were supposed to be writing one song and I just could not get the other writer out of my heart and mind. I knew something was going on. I just, I didn't know what it was, but I just kept prying. How are you doing? How's, how's your family? All that. It turns out that they were dealing with infertility and they'd been trying to have a baby for years. And I said, well, this songwriting session is now a prayer meeting. So we prayed and it was a beautiful time. And this song, Good Things, came out of that prayer time. And I love the first line because I can't see the outcome from where I stand right now. But I know you have good things for me. That's where this song came from. And just to let you know, they have a beautiful baby boy now. I can't see the outcome from where I stand right now. How could I ever outrun the shadow of my doubt? That says I'm not good enough or worthy of your heart But if you hold my forever, hope is never too far I know that you Today I can rest Cause you say I'm good enough And worthy of your heart If you hold my forever Hope is never too far I know that you have good things planned for me Planned for me Beyond what I find in my wildest dreams Wildest dreams So I will praise you
You can be seated. Oh, I'm out of breath because I'm out of shape. (laughs) Just for standing here, you know. It is what it is, moms. (laughs) You feel me? It's Mother's Day. I know that there are a lot of feelings on this day for a lot of people. This is not an easy day or a celebratory day for some. Maybe you've lost your mother. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've had a failed adoption. I've walked with so many friends who time after time, they think they're gonna be bringing part of their family home only to be disappointed. Maybe you've miscarried. Maybe you're struggling with infertility. Maybe you've had abortion. Maybe you're single and you want a family. It's what you want more than anything. It hasn't come yet. Maybe you have a difficult relationship with your mom or a difficult relationship with your child. Maybe you're a stepmother navigating the challenges of that. Maybe you never knew your mom. Maybe you gave your child up for adoption. I just want to honor all of you today. Everyone in this room, because even if you're not a mom or in the category that I just said, that has touched you in some form. There's a weariness and a wonder both to being a mother. So I just want to honor the moms today. The message I want to bring is for everybody. And I want to start in Genesis. In the Garden of Eden, humanity walked in relationship with God and with one another, exposed and yet unashamed. It was the perfect atmosphere. Genesis says, so God created mankind in his image his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God created us to worship him and be in relationship with him and one another. That's what we see in the first few chapters of Genesis. And essentially worship was closeness with God. But when the fall happened, humanity was separated from God and removed from the garden. And worship began to look differently. Before the law, before the 10 commandments, people built altars. And then even after the law, it was all a physical thing. It was a physical expression of outward obedience. Fast forward to the tabernacle. It was created uh, to be a replica of the garden. Fast forward to the temple. It was created to be a replica of the garden. Everything up until this point was an effort to get back to that closeness, that intimacy with God. True worship where there's no separation and we stand exposed and yet unashamed before God and one another. And when Jesus comes on the scene, it changes everything. Like he says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. In the garden, in the tabernacle, in the temple, in the sanctuary, and in the kingdom now, God calls his people to meet with him, to be close to him. Christianity is a return to Eden. Let me say that again. Our Christianity is a return to Eden. And how did God choose to redeem us, to save us, to rescue us, to bring us back to Eden? He chose a human He chose a woman, he chose a mother. God's redemption, redemptive invasion of humanity took place through an ordinary woman. I wanna throw Luke one up on the screen. We're gonna read from scripture. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. 
But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'll say that again. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. God's entry point to creation, to redeem our world was through a person no different than you and me. God could have used anything. He could have used any means, but he used the agency of humanity. He used us And this isn't just about the birth of a baby. It's the entry of redemption into our world. God entered the human scene to do what man could not do on his own. Think about it. Mary was a virgin. There's no way she could have had a child without some sort of divine intervention, without the power of God. And yet when he said it, he spoke it. It's just like in Genesis. God is ready to do the same sort of miraculous thing through you as he did Mary. Redemption is just about bringing things back to what they were intended to be. Seeing where you are, seeing where you need to go. It's like you see the A, you see the Z, but how in the world that LMNOP gets a little tricky, gets a little gray. Like, hey, I know where I am right now and I know where God's called me to be, but I have no clue what's all in between. That is redemption. And so we all need God to do something we can't, something we can't produce. But just like in Genesis, no word of God is absent from his power. No word of God is absent from his power. If he said it, he's powerful enough to do it. He literally spoke, into, spoke the world into existence and it was done. And just like being pregnant, I make fun of, uh, my husband used to make fun of me all the time. And even when I had my second, Levi, who was two and a half, would say, mom, you're waddling like a duck. (laughs) I barely walk. (laughs) Being pregnant, it stretches you. I can remember that round ligament pain, how how your organs are moving. I got hungry in a different spot because my stomach was in a different spot, you know? It's so weird, it's so bizarre. But when you are pregnant, you, you begin to stretch and it changes the way you walk. You eat differently, you care about what you do. I remember when I was pregnant with Levi, I wanted to paint the nursery and my husband's like, you can't paint the nursery. And I was like, well, you don't have time to do it and I can do it. I paint all the time. Like I did our yard work, I painted, you know, I did everything. And so I was like, I can paint a room. And he's like, you don't need to be breathing that stuff. You can't get on a ladder. And, I'll, and so then I realized, I was like, oh, I have to protect the life that's growing inside of me. I can't just do what I used to do. The promise grows within you and then it happens through you and it changes the world around you. When we say we're expecting when we're pregnant, there's an expectation for what's to come. And so I think, I think we show up sometimes, whether it's to church or to our interactions with God, and we don't have expectation. God has put a promise in each of you. God has put something that you're supposed to birth in the world to each of you. So my questions to you today are, what are you pregnant with? What's the promise of God over your life? Do you know what it is? Are you too afraid to admit it to yourself or to other people? Do you know what he's called you to? Are you hesitating to step out?
Maybe you're not expecting anything and that's the problem. Maybe you're drifting through the land of status quo and driving on easy street. I made a joke in the first service about when I had Levi, it was the summer and it was really hot. And I literally, when before you have kids, you have a lot of discretionary time that you don't realize that you have. And so I would just go to the pool and go home and watch Golden Girls. I literally watched the whole show again. Like, and I didn't realize how terrible some of the innuendos were. It was terrible, but I watched it with my grandma growing up, you know? So when I was pregnant with him, I would just go to the pool, go home and watch Golden Girls and eat snacks. That's all I did and nap. That's all I did. Uh, But that was uh, not gonna get me anywhere with what I felt called to do. Uh, Maybe you're hurt and you're scared. God has called each of us to be an agent of redemption on this earth. He's called you to expect his miraculous and creative power within you to move through you and change the world around you. He's called each of you to something special. He's he's created you to remind the world what Eden is like, to stand exposed yet unashamed in front of God and others. He's called you to fill the earth and subdue it. I love the part in the scripture where Mary says, she says, let it be to me according to your word. She was afraid. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. She did question, how is this gonna happen? I'm sure she had a lot more questions than scripture even tells us about. She did question, but then at the end, she said, let it be to me according to your word. I want us to stand and I wanna pray over you guys and then we're gonna sing a worship song. Father, I thank you for every soul in, within the sound of my voice. God, that you would remind them that you have created them so perfectly for what they're called to do, that you've created them to look like your son, Jesus. And I pray, God, that they would be reminded of the calling of God on their life, to be, to be a, an example of what Eden is like. And God, I ask that you would give them strength and courage to walk the hard road to get counseling or dig up some of the roots in their life, whatever they need to be able to stand exposed and unashamed before you and God. Remind them of who they are. Let them be still and know that you are God. Let them remember who you are. And in turn, that reminds them of who they are and who you've made them to be. I pray for courage to step out for those who know their calling, who know what you've told them to do and just haven't been able to for whatever reason. I pray that they would make a step. And for those who don't know what they're called to, God, I pray that you would bring that to them, that you would show them. And then every day, God, let us be aware of your spirit. Let us be sensitive to what you are telling us to do. Let us, your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path not a big spotlight five years down the road. Just for one step, just enough oil to light our next step. So God, we trust you with our futures. I bless everyone in this room, people who are dealing with infertility. God, I pray that you, they would know that you're so close to them, that you care about their broken heart and that you have a plan. God, I pray for those who are trying to adopt. God, that you would make a way. Let your perfect will be done in their lives. I pray for the mom of littles who's tired and feels like she's going crazy some days. That you would bring peace that passes all understanding. That you would remind her to savor these moments because the years are short, but the days are long. God, I pray for those who have lost I pray for those in difficult relationships. I pray that you'd bring peace and comfort to them. And God, more than anything, don't let us leave here the same way as when we came in. 
speak to our hearts, even as we're walking to our cars and driving home. God, bring something to remembrance, something you want to to help shift something in us and change us and mold us. Sometimes it hurts, God. But God, we submit it to you. We surrender our lives to you. You know, there's an old song, old hymn. um, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I So God, we surrender to you this morning. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven. And spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ. My living hope Who could imagine So great a mercy What heart could fathom Such boundless grace The God of ages Stepped down from glory To where my sin and bear my shame the cross is spoken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my
guys for having me. I think Brandon's going to come out and close us, but um, I'm happy to hug your necks and meet all of you after out in the lobby. Thank you, Tasha and Matt. That was awesome. That was really good. Um, Again, happy Mother's Day to all of those who are here with us and joining us online. And if you want to connect with us on the back of your seats, if you're here in the room, there's a QR code to connect and fill that out. And if you're online and someone will connect with you this week, if you're interested in joining a small group, which we call Journey Communities, or if you feel like you want to dive in and start serving around Journey, we'd love to connect with you this week. So fill that out and we will follow up with you. Uh, And it's your generosity that allows us to do the ministry around our valley and bring in artists uh, like Tasha. Um, And so thank you so much for giving and being really generous, church. You are so generous and we really appreciate it. And we have orange boxes in the back if you want to give or there's three ways to give also um, online if you want to do that. And then... Again, it's been a few weeks, and I think you guys have picked this up, but we're not tearing the chairs down right now. We're going to hang out and talk, and Tasha is going to be out in the lobby selling merch because this morning I had a guy come up to me and say, I forgot it was Mother's Day. (laughs) So I I was like, well, you're in luck because we've got CDs and T-shirts, and she had books, but they're gone. Um, And there are all kinds of things that you can pick up. So please do that. And she's signing out there. And you can give those to your mom, your wife, who, who, a grandma, whoever needs it. Or just buy them for yourself because they're awesome, her albums. And uh, please do that. Uh, We just ask that you be generous. And just let's get everything that she has. Be generous to Tasha and and buy that for her. And um, also... I forgot to say this at the nine, even though there were a lot of people that used them, but we have prayer tables and prayer team up at the front. So if you would like someone to pray for you this morning and pray with you, please come up to the front corners and they will, they are here. Their, their joy is praying for you. So uh, let me leave you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his, he turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next week.